All right, hi everybody. Welcome to Zed Talks. Um, I'm your host Zora, and I'm super excited to have you all with me today. For those of you who are kind of like Zora, what's going on? Why you say Zed Talks instead of the, the podcast, the Breakdown Podcast? Um, we've had some changes, so if you haven't been up to date with the changes, go check out the Instagram. All the information you need about changes, what to expect, all that's on the Instagram. But not to hinder too long on the past, wanted to focus on the present and the future. Um, today, I have an amazing, amazing individual with me here today. Um, we have Miss Aisha Hinton. Mrs. Um, Mrs. I do apologize. Mrs. Mrs. Aisha Hinton. Um, Unless it's something that I should know. Okay. Okay. I digress. I, I don't think... No. Nah, I okay. think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about... Well, previously you served at Mrs. Mrs. Maryland American um, in 2021. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to talk about that because I wanted to... Aside from it being Women's History Month... Um, but I also wanted to shed a light on mental health. That's something that, you know, I talk a lot about on the podcast and just in general about life. Um, so yeah, really excited to have you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> I would say I'm good, but my brother told me that Superman is good and does good. We are well. So we are I've well. been changing that. So I'm well. I like that. Thank you. I like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I wanted to start off just by talking about how you got into pageantry at first, um, and like what the road was going into the road leading to Las Vegas in um, November of 2021, if you could share a little bit of that. Okay. Um, so growing up, one of my best friends, uh, she was really into pageantry. Uh, she had done like Miss Maryland and things like that. And I did a small pageant when I was in college. I enjoyed it. But I think our internal negative voice was always like, you can't do it. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Um, And there were all these reasons why I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And coming out of having my second child, um, I had a lot of like postpartum depression. And it hit me really heavy. And it was a point where I was trying to redefine who I was Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those things that I had been telling myself for years that I couldn't do, I decided to do. And that's what got me into pageantry. And at first it was just doing it because I wanted to to say that I I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you realize that you could win. (laughs) Um, So then you get way more into it. And when I'm on something, I'm kind of laser focused. So... I did the state competition and I was crowned Mrs. Maryland American. And then I went, you know, super hard, um, started to prepare for Vegas. I started to update my workout regimen, my eating habits, um, practicing my walk, uh, working on my communication skills. I met with a interview coach, which was really helpful because it wasn't just for the pageant. Mm -hmm. It was talking about how you answer questions and how you respond. Mm -hmm. Um, And one nugget that he gave me was you always end an answer with another um, Pandora's box. You know, it's like, well, what do you think you're going to be able to do with this crown? Mm -hmm. You say, well, I'm really excited about my platform because my platform, you know, and it's really going to empower women. And there's so many things in my platform. Well, then the next question is, well, tell me more about your platform. Mm-hmm. So it makes someone constantly want to talk to you. And I think that's one of those things that's not just pageant focused, but it's just one of those things you learn it in being um, interesting and carrying on conversations no matter where you are. And then I went to Vegas, very excited. Um, 
And it really exposed me to a whole other world. I met people who I wouldn't have normally met Mm -hmm. because they're literally contestants from all over the country, um, different backgrounds, different political views, and you're all there together finding this common bond. It was also a time that as a mother of two, as a wife, as a a daughter, a cousin, a a niece, a sister, um, there are very few times that you can be selfish. Um, And I found my time out there was very centered around me. Mm-hmm. And most people don't get that. But I woke up, I had my regimen, you know, I was busy all day, but it was really like everything that I do during this time has to be a part of me being a better me. Um, and that's, that's just a, a really awesome experience that I think everybody should have. Yeah, I think it was well, when we talk of pageantry, and you talked about the communication skills, and all that stuff. I think, you know, pageantry, and you talked about your time as, you know, when you did it as in undergrad, um, or when you're interested in undergrad. I just wanted to ask, because like I said, it's a big thing, and especially HBCUs. Um, if you were to give advice to someone who was interested in pageantry, and whether that advice was centered on mental health, communication skills, as you talked about, what would you, what would your top or top two advices, pieces of advices be? I think, Coming out of it, and as a a grown woman who I feel like I'm very self-aware, right? Um, It sent me down a rabbit hole afterwards. And it challenged some of the things that I thought I knew about myself. So if someone was going, wanted to do pageantry, my advice to them would be, be 100% sure of who you are going in. You need to be your definition of beauty. You need to know exactly who you are what you will do, what you won't do, um, and have those things that you love about yourself. Have those things that agnostic of anybody else's opinion, view, comments, you can say, this is who I am. Because when you put yourself out there to be judged on you know, our vanity, on how we speak, on uh, how we leave a room, when you put yourself out there, if you are not sure of who you are first, when you come out of it, you'll have even more questions. Because one of the things about pageantry, most pageants don't tell you how you did. Mm-hmm. Most pageants say you won or you lost. Yeah. And then you have to internalize what losing means. And is that a loss? Um, was it that was, you know, oh, I shouldn't have worn this. I should have worn that. I should have done this. I, should, I shouldn't have listened to this person. I should have listened to that person. It's so many questions that go in your head that if you're not super sure of who you are, if you are not your definition of beauty, you can't look at someone else and say, oh, you know, that is beauty. That No, you have to be your definition of beauty and everything else is a derivative. And if that's not where you are, then this is not for you because this is not for the weak at heart. It is a competition. These are competitors. Mm -hmm. These are not super nice, you know, beauty queens. Yeah, they're nice people, all that type of stuff. But these are competitors. These are people who a basketball player can go in the gym and play basketball to get ready for their game and shoot. A beauty pageant contestant, somebody who is really serious about winning, everything they do goes into that. When you're going up for a, a national pageant or you know even some state level pageants, they're looking at how does she interact with their with her husband? You know, what are her children? you know, doing. So everything of your performance Mm -hmm. 
is going to that. So this is a competition. These are competitors. This is not for the weak of heart. This is not something you say, oh, I want to do it this day. This is a lifestyle. It's not going in a gym, playing, and then going back to your regular life. It's this is what this is. Wow. I didn't know they were like looking at husband, children. You know, the the lady who won the previous year, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of studying her, right? And she came from a big state that had a lot of money to put behind her. Because that's the thing. Big states go hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was studying her, I was like, when she went to pageant, it was like the day that her husband arrived in Las Vegas, right? And it was like her attire, the entire week was immaculate. You know, it was put together, it was styled perfectly. And then that day was the day she turned sexy, right? Mm-hmm. And she wore like this like Hervé Leger, like it was, you know, this bondage dress. Her hair was a little bop-bop, you know, had a little bit of red lipstick, bop-bop. And it was like looking at their interactions. And then during that year that she held the crown, you know, there was a big emphasis on Mr. America, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's a package deal. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to put somebody up into this position if you're going for a Mrs. title, for example, who's going to get divorced. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, they're looking at that. They're not going to put someone up for this position and their kids are running around throwing glass on the floor. You know, it's like, okay, if we put her at this event. Who's going to watch those kids? Does Mm -hmm. she have a support system? You know, like all of those questions. And that was a big question that the judges asked you. What is your support system like? They want to know that you can handle this. Yeah. So this is not basketball in the gym. This is not football on the field. This is your life. Wow. Okay. I didn't know it was that, that deep to it. So you talked about like how you have to know yourself going into that. And I wanted to follow up with that, just saying, like, what do you think was the most detrimental thing, if you want to share that, if the most detrimental thing to your mental or just to anyone's mental um, in the system of pageantry? What do you think that is? I'm always cautious about putting words out there um, that are trigger words, (laughs) right? So I'm not going to say the word that I want to say. What I'm going to say is within pageantry, within um, selecting people for different, you know, titles and things like that, there is sometimes a look that the owners of the pageant, the judges are going for. Mm -hmm. And they've decided that prior to you getting there. They've decided if this is the year that it's going to be this type of queen or that type of queen. And they've communicated that message to their sponsors, to their vendors, and otherwise. And I think one of the most hurtful things and the things that kind of triggered me that made me, you know, really push to myself, like you you gotta you gotta go into go into your your mental cave. You gotta, you know, take your time. Um, was if you don't necessarily fit into that model of what they want that year, and that's been communicated out. The sponsors and vendors aren't going to really pay attention to you. So you can start to see during the week the girls that the sponsors cling to. Mm -hmm. The pageant photographers, who they're taking pictures of. You can see those things. Um, And I know when I went on stage as Mrs. Marilyn, when the the actual pageant, because you're there for a week, you're Mm -hmm. doing activities all week. You're rehearsing, you're interviewing, you're going to different sites, you're taking pictures, you're doing, you know, all types of stuff. Um, But I know the night, and the public doesn't always get to see that. 
Um, so there are sites that are exclusively for the pageant, you know, and, and they show pictures of different contestants and they watch them. And they're like, this is the girl we want. Um, I remember there was one young lady who like all of the pageant circuits were really excited about. Um, and you see that. And then when I went on stage, I remember when I came off stage for preliminaries, I went to my phone, which I shouldn't have done, but I went to my phone and it was a few sites were like, who's Marilyn? Who's Marilyn? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had to, I had to bring it um, because I wasn't getting the attention from the sponsors and, you know, the pageant during that week. So when I went on stage, that was the first time some of the outside world has seen, you know, who I was. And then it was like, it was funny because I saw a couple sites like scrounging to find a picture of me. Like and the and the picture they used, I would not have used that picture, honey. But you know, I would have used something like this. I would have used something like this, yeah. right? I would I would have went in. Okay, yeah, that's um. I know, like this was like your first real time diving into pageantry and all that. So I guess not. I guess, but going to that like unfamiliar territory was a lot, maybe a bit intimidating at some points in times. Um. So would you say like overall your experience in it was worthwhile? You know, did you? take a lot from it would you see yourself doing pageantry again like what is that what does that look like for you it was definitely worth it okay it was definitely worth it um from the aspect of it taught me a lot about myself it taught me a lot about the people around me um you know it also allowed me to to put myself out there um and trust myself uh my daughter was in gymnastics Mm -hmm. and my husband's like, she really doesn't like this, you know, let's take her out. And I wasn't thinking of her being Gabby Sidibay or whatever. Not not Gabby Sidibay. Gabby Douglas? Gabby Douglas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) I was thinking it, it wasn't like, that's not my goal. My goal was gymnastics is one of those things that you have to trust yourself. Yeah. It's not a team around you. Mm-hmm. It's not nobody's holding. You have to trust your body to do what your body is going to do. So going into pageantry and doing this allowed me to trust myself. I was up there by myself. I was, you know, um, practicing and I was doing all this type of stuff. I had to go into the interview by myself and it allowed me to trust myself on a different level. Um, as it relates to doing it again, I enjoyed the fashion. I enjoyed putting together the looks. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed being totally dolled up every single day from my head to my toe and, you know, more flair. And I loved that, right? I didn't need the validation. So, I don't, I don't think I I mean, you know, who knows though? Maybe you know, hit, hit sixty five and say, you know, let me go and drop this I mean, on you. You yeah. can do it. I think the the best thing about your reign is that, or and I saw like amongst all the competitors was the range in ages, and I thought that was a really beautiful thing because it it showed that you know it wasn't very limited to a specific age group or mm-hmm. a specific person, um, which I I thought was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to know if it was like you know maybe down the line a type of thing, but like you said, you know. Knows what the future holds. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that was, that was like, I, that was my pretty much, because I know seeing it, being on the outside sitting in is like kind of different because you're seeing it, like you said, a lot of the stuff that y'all did was 
not open to the public. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like the choreography that you all did and the things like that. Um, so I wanted to just get an insight on it. And I know a little like a while ago, like Miss DC um, 2022, I believe, or if it was 23, she had a segment on the news talking about, you know, mental health and pageantry. And I know it's something that's gained a lot of attention because of recent events. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, just to touch on some of the, the recent events and, you know, definitely we look at the the loss of Chesley, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I think that sparked a lot of, you know, wait, what is this? Yeah. Um, and just like anything, there are trolls out there. There are internet trolls, Twitter, you know, Twitter gangsters, all that type of stuff. And pageantry, that stuff comes hard mm-hmm. because you're putting yourself and your vanity out there. So people are saying stuff like, you know, um, look at her ears. She's too old for this. Did you see that wrinkle under her left eye? Oh my gosh, she has a mole on her upper left chin that's protruding. Like they are going in on you constantly. And especially in our, you know, current climate with how different people of different backgrounds look at each other. um, It's a very um, sad thing when people feel like they need to beat someone up uh, in doing something that they don't even have the courage to to do. do. And I think when Chesley passed, just kind of looking at how mean some people were to her and some of the comments. And then, like I say, being sure of yourself. Um, I did not personally know Chesley, right? Mm -hmm. But some of the things that she said to me would have raised a red flag. Um, She had feelings about being irrelevant after a certain age. And I think those are things that a lot of women and men go to Mm -hmm. if they haven't accomplished certain things by a certain age, but it was just kind of put out there. Um, And I just... I I feel for her and everyone, you know, who was close to her and everyone who is going through that of feeling irrelevant or feeling like this validation is something that they need to keep going. Um, and, you know, it's it has to be an internal decision on whatever you do. And I think people need to just be more cognizant of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to know the knowing who you are. It's especially true, but not forgetting that at the end of the day, words have meaning and mm-hmm. people, you know, yeah. people do have feelings. So regardless of what it said, people still are going to internalize things differently. So, and I, I mean, I come from a, a pretty strong stock, mm-hmm. right? Um, one of my favorite people, uh, when she was in elementary school, she went to school and the kids were talking about her nose, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and she went home and her mother had the foresight to not say, whoa, your nose is big or no, they're just picking on you. She had the foresight to build in her something that would last her forever. And so she told her a practical thing. She said, well, God gave you this nose because he wants you to always be able to breathe and have air. He wants you to live a really long life. Mm -hmm. And to a kid, you know, she's like telling her this. And so she said, if they don't have a, a big nose, then they're going to run out of air and they could die. Right? And it's like, oh my God, that's so harsh, right? But what it did was, 
it allowed this kid to know that the way that I'm made and the way that I'm designed is perfect for the life that I need to live. Mm -hmm. It's perfect for the journey that I'm going. So everybody needs to, to look at the way that they're made. Everything from, you know, your sleepy eye, because I definitely have a sleepy eye. You know, you see it a little bit, you know, I play it out. But like from, from everything, you were made that way perfectly for the journey that you were going into. And making one small change, doing one thing different, you know, that's not, that's not what, what you needed. You needed. You needed the armor that you were given. And that is your armor. So... Don't worry about what, uh, what other people's armor is. Don't worry about what the other contestants are doing. Don't worry about any of that. You have to be shored up in your armor and know that this is the armor you need for the battle that you're going to face. You were the, the hardships, everything that you were given at 20 is building you up for the journey that you may take at 40 or 50. May not be right now, but you got to get through this because you only get what comes through the fire. Mm -hmm. If it goes to the fire and it turns to ash, it wasn't yours. You got to be able to get through the fire. You got to get through the fire. You got to get through the fire. Cause you know, (laughs) if you let the stuff at 2021 kill you, kill your spirit, kill your hopes, kill your dreams, you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get it back. I, my, uh, when I was in college, I ran for Mrs. FAMU and I didn't win. We had a runoff election cause it was like seven of us and they had, we had a runoff election. It was two of us and I didn't win. And I was so heartbroken. Um, I didn't leave my room. I had a single on campus. I didn't leave my room for a while. Like to the point where like people were like knocking on my door, like, Hey, has anybody seen Aisha? I just was not leaving my room. And so I trashed my grades, right? Um, And I also cut myself off from, you know, from any possibilities of doing things in the future. And I remember the next year, I was walking on campus uh, because my mother let me go back even though I had horrible grades that semester. Um, I was walking on campus and someone said, Aisha, are you running this year? I said, no. And they said, well, why? You came so close. If you would have ran again, you definitely would have won. But I let my internal fear, I let my self-doubt stop me from staying active, kill my grades, cut myself off from my friends, kill any possibility of me running the next year. Um, It affected me having an internship. It It affected so many things. Because I didn't know enough in myself to say, hey, it was her time. It's my time now. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just got to get through it. Well, well Mrs. Marilyn American, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Just call me Aisha. Yeah, I mean, you're call right. Call me Because, I mean, you know me my whole life. But <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show and you being my first guest on um, on the new podcast, I you know I wanted to talk about this for a while, and I was talking to Layla um, about pageantry, and, and she you know was telling me about the setting that's going on at her school and all that stuff. So I wanted to say thank you, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, hopefully this isn't the last time you come on the podcast. Hopefully. You know, got some things brewing. 
things, bro. That's the thing, bro. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, make sure you all follow the Instagram um, of the podcast at Zed Talks, ending with a Z. Um, and make sure, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, that you all catch up to date with all things related to the podcast and whatnot. You can catch this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, it'll be on all platforms. And I'll see you all in episode two. <laughs>